0: My name is Adrian Tan and I'm a host at htd.com. Product management is a tough gig. We all know that. Some liken the work product managers do to herding opinionated cats. So it's always really nice to receive recognition from your peers for the work you've done. Rebecca Cooper, a product manager at Safety Culture, and Mandy Rogers, a digital product manager at Transport for New South Wales, have received accolades from their teams and managers and subsequently gained the Australian Leading Women in Product Awards in 2019. We thought it'd be a great idea to chat to Rebecca and Mandy to learn what great product work they've done to receive the recognition from their peers and the broader product community in Australia. Thank you for joining us today, Rebecca and Mandy. Um, Before we begin, I'd like us to just talk about a little bit of your experiences in product, um, how you got there, how long you've been in product, what you like about product, Who'd like to start?
1: Okay, I, I'm Andy Rogers and I work for Transport for New South Wales and I'm currently the product manager for the transportnsw.info website and I've been working on the product for probably about six years now um, in, a, in different kinds of roles. So I was the user experience manager And then in that role, I was probably more of a product owner. And then I stepped into the product management role. So I'm actually in a small product team, but embedded in the delivery team. So we work in an agile environment. We release to customers every two weeks. Um, It's a very fast-paced environment. So we're constantly on the go, 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 (laughs) delivering new features and tools and things like the metro service being rolled out across the network. It touches our website. So it's basically anything public transport. It touches me at some point.
0: Excellent. What about you, Rebecca?
2: So I'm Rebecca Cooper. Uh, I just recently got promoted this week to group product manager. Uh, (laughs) um, Which feels crazy because I've only been in product for three years. Uh, But I work for a company called Safety Culture. And Safety Culture uh, is a realm of different things. But uh, we kind of made our mark in the industry to do inspections, in particular for health, safety, quality. Um, And so I look after the inspections part of iAuditor today. Um, and before working in product, I actually worked in customer support for a tech company as well. So I've lived and breathed what our customers pains are day to day. And, uh, because of that, it made me realize how much I wanted to be a product manager because I can actually make an impact on those problems rather than just tell them, I'll pass on your feedback.
0: Excellent. That's really interesting to hear that you've been promoted because today we'll be talking about product leadership and love to understand and delve deeper into how you, transition essentially from uh, you know a product manager to a group product manager and what that might mean. Um, now we're talking to you because you won the 2019 leading women in product awards that was given by brainmates. and I guess you know we had so many different entries and our uh, judges chose your uh, application. Um, Mandy for innovator and Rebecca for leader. Um, so, it would be really great to go through and talk about how that came to bear. You know, what did you do that generated attention and accolades from your peers? Because your peers had to say something nice about you and submit the application on your behalf. Now, we know that product management is, you know, is su- such a difficult realm to work in, but um, we work so hard and yet sometimes we don't get the recognition we deserve so it's really nice to see that you got recognition but tell us how you got a you know how you got the recognition shall we start with you Mandy sure um, well, I was I was quite surprised that I got
1: nominated for the award, actually. I didn't know anything about it. It um, got anna- announced to me during our daily stand-up that the team had gone behind my back and put in a nomination for me. So, they actually um, shared the, the nomination um, application with me, though, and it actually brought tears to my eyes reading about some of the really nice things that people said about me. So, I guess... Um, It's not that I go looking for attention or accolades, but I guess um, I'm pretty passionate about the things that I do in my job. So I guess that um, draws attention in itself. Um, I'm pretty focused on. This is reading their application, like reading some of the ideas that came through. They mainly said that I'm really customer focused, and that's because I really take my time to understand um, the product. I know it really well, and I understand the customers that use our product. So we're constantly trying to do more, more and more customer research, usability testing, um, looking at Google Analytics, uh, looking at, um, yeah, going out and testing at the local station to see how products are being. Um, held by customers and yeah just making sure that I know everything I can about my product so I can make good decisions so I think that the they can see my passion and that's probably what led them to nominate me for the award
0: (laughs) that's excellent what about you Rebecca
2: it's actually really interesting because as you were speaking I was like oh yeah that that was the same for me the same for me Um, So I did know that I was getting nominated for the award, uh, but I only knew because uh, both my boss, the head of product and um, our head of people and culture at the time reached out to me and said, we want to nominate you for this award. So we'd love to like get your input on all of the things that you've done so that we can at least give the right information. Um, So uh, while I did know it was still a surprise and came from them, which was amazing. Um, And yeah, it was very much the same thing. My customer focus because customer is just the the heart of absolutely everything that we do but in particular I think because of my background it it really resonates with me that everything I think about is about the customer and then the other thing is definitely the passion like I am 100% of the mindset that like no task is too big that I can't handle it um, which sometimes gets me in trouble but um, I think because of that I'm just so driven to try and solve problems and get things done and if there's no one doing it that's not something to stop me like I will pick it up and I will do it and so I think that is what has kind of driven me to the nomination but also for people to see that if there is something that is falling down like I'm willing to just get my hands dirty and and try and solve that problem or fix that issue
0: that's excellent now you both talk about customer research and being champions of the customer how does that how do you balance that drive for making sure that the customer is center of your decisions versus the business kind of constraints, the business issues and the business goals as well. How do you balance both those items
2: it's hard. It's a balancing act. 100% a balancing act. Um, obviously, if we wanted to give our customers absolutely everything that they wanted, uh, we probably wouldn't make any money as a business and therefore we wouldn't be around. So it's it's really important to try and, and juggle the needs of the customer with the needs of the business. And uh, sometimes you have to do things because they're good for the business. But if they're good for the business, then you always need to make sure that whatever it is that you're building or delivering has still has the customer in mind Um, if you hinder the customer's experience then they're going to churn they're going to leave and so therefore you need to you know say say that the thing that you need to do is increase your monthly active users Uh, you could really easily do that by annoying your customers and getting them to log back into the product and for one month you might have a spike in monthly active users but then the next month you have no users because you've you've you know done something that's absolutely destroyed their experience so you always need to be thinking about what the customer experience is even if it's a business
1: objective that you're trying to meet
0: Excellent. What about you in public service, Mandy? Yeah,
1: so um, working for Transport, we're not trying to make money as such. We're not selling anything. So uh, we, um, in that case, I guess we're constantly focusing on getting the customer experience right. Um, A lot of people have high expectations these days. So we want to try and fulfill those. We do have a lot of challenges, though. It's a web, it's web development, and we're integrating with things like third-party APIs where we don't always have control over. So we have to make sacrifices, and we always try to balance that and um, problem solve. So you know, if we find a problem, we might look at other ways we can do something so that we can try and maintain as as much of a customer focus as possible and keep the user experience okay um, without having to completely sacrifice everything so it's, a, it's one of our big challenges that we face every day dealing with te- technology constraints so we just try and do the best that we can yeah
0: <laughs> and um, in terms of customer feedback though I mean you work in government mm-hmm. you work in transport What's the feedback been like and how do you is is it you know are, are people enamored with your product or do you see a lot of complaints and then how do you deal with those complaints?
1: yeah so we do get a lot of customer feedback um a lot of it i would say is probably around the data and there is a program of work um so where we're trying to improve the data so most people are more concerned about you know with that why their bus didn't show up those sorts of things things that i don't have complete control over however we do have the teams within the same division who are constantly striving to try and improve data quality across the network but um, it is pretty uncommon to get positive feedback, I have to say, but we do occasionally get it and that's really nice when people sort of say, hey, we really love what you did in the last release or something. So, that's really nice. But yeah, we just look at customer feedback and look at if there's any trends or any things that are spiking and then we sort of see if there's something that's changed or if we have to fix something or if there actually is a problem that we need to go and fix. So, yeah, we definitely keep track of all of that and make sure that we prioritise it with everything else. Excellent.
0: Um, you, you talk a lot. Again, I'm going to harp back on the customer experience, um, and you're so focused on designing that um, pleasant, engaging experience for your customers. Do you guys work with designers, uh, user experience designers, and where does the boundary lie between what they do and what you do as a product manager?
2: So at Safety Culture, uh, definitely we work side by side. I actually sit next to two designers. We are very fortunate that I actually have two designers in my team. And the reason for that is one of the things that we found is that uh, designers working in a pair is just working really well for us. We have one who's really strong at UX and one that's really strong in UI. And they're actually both teaching each other uh their strengths which is amazing and it's not going to be like that forever um because obviously it's a luxury to have that much uh design resource but um it's working really well for us at the moment and so i sit side by side and the way that it kind of works for us is I determine as the product manager what the roadmap is, why we're solving a problem that we're solving, and then they determine how we actually solve that problem. So they get really deep into what the customer's needs are, whereas I get really deep into the reason why we want to solve this problem for our customer.
1: Excellent. What about you, Mandy? Yeah, we um, we actually never had a design team in-house until a year ago. And I really struggled with that because um, we would just get some vendors who would come in and do the work for us. And we really needed people who were on the floor all the time. So now I can happily say that not only did I get one a year ago, the team's now grown to four. So we've got four designers and I oversee everything that they do. So um, we have a daily stand up every morning to talk about um, what it is that they're working on. Um, and so, I'll basically brief them on yeah, what it is that we're trying to solve. They'll go away and do any research that needs to come and happen, present it back to me um, or the team. There might be business analysts involved as well. Um, we work out what we think the best user flow is. They might go and then prototype it, work with developers to see what's achievable and um, technically feasible. So, basically, it's a full collaboration. So, I oversee it all, but it's fully collaborative within the entire team with technical people, business analysts, the the designers themselves. So, doing that competitor analysis and bringing it back and then testing it on customers as well. So, it's that whole iterative design process until we get it right.
0: Is it fair to say that for both of you that you're um, essentially identifying the problems that you want solved and your designers are then going to look at ways to solve it or... Is that a little bit different for you, Mandy?
1: Yeah, not always. <laughs> so yes, sometimes. Sometimes we we get to decide what it is on the website that we want to do, but often it comes down to us from another department, and um, we don't necessarily. For example, we didn't get to design an API, for instance. So we we get what we're given, and we deal with what it is, and it might be just something that we need to. Um, so for example when we, they rolled out contactless payments across the transport network so you can pay with your credit card. They needed a way for the customer to be able to log in to view their credit card, um, the breakdown of their fares basically. So that was kind of the brief that we got given. We got to then go away and work out th- what exactly that looked like but within the constraints of the technology that we had. So so yeah, we, we got given uh, a problem to solve um, but then we defined within the boundaries of the technology, what we could do to make it the best user experience possible. Right. Excellent.
0: (laughs) And and it's good because what we're seeing is like, you know, Rebecca, you're from a small company, a startup-ish company. So growing, scale up, scale up. (laughs) How how, is that? Scale up company? Yeah, I
2: would say scale up. We are about 320 people globally, about 150 people in our Sydney team.
0: Yeah, that's that's definitely much bigger than the last time we spoke. Um, and what about you, Mandy? How big is this team that you work in?
1: Oh, the the delivery team that I'm embedded in. It sort of ranges depending yeah. on uh, we might scale up and down depending, but we sit a, around thirty people in the team. And so that's um we've got as I said we've got UX and UI designers, we've got business analysts, we've got tech leads, developers, testers, and then. Uh, project manager to slash, slash scrum master to pull it all together so yeah that's the size of my team but it can be bigger or smaller depending on workload
0: <laughs> and it's not very often like I say you have a scale up and a government organization someone from a government organization talking about product management so I like to just kind of touch on that a little bit um, and maybe you can talk about well I don't know what's it like doing product in government and what's it like doing in scale up and then maybe we could you know pick out the pros and cons? Identify the differences? Yeah, well, I'd say that um, about three, it was only about three
1: years ago that we actually started on this journey. So, prior to, it was 2016 actually, we, we had Three different websites: a desktop, a mobile, and a text-only website. And it was all outsourced to two separate vendors. And they, we needed to, um, we needed to have one single website for all, all of transport because there was Sydney Trains website, the Transport Info website, there was a buses website. So we needed to have a, a single source of truth for customers, basically. And in order to do that, we had to rebuild the site from the ground up. And we needed it to be scalable and flexible. We needed to put it in the cloud. So we completely transformed the way we worked. And that's when we started, you, you know, using them agile methodology and so that's when we brought in a product manager to sort of lead the team but we were learning as we went we had a scrum master who came in a a scrum coach who actually had to teach us everything from scratch because we didn't know anything about agile we'd only ever done waterfall where you'd you know do this 300 page specification document send it off to germany to get something built brought it back to start testing and by the time you delivered you 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 wanted the next stuff <laughs> and we had to wait. So, we actually really embraced Agile, um, set up a really good team, a mixture of people who had worked in Agile before and those who'd never, you know, the, the existing team members. And we were really quick to get on board and we're now like the, 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 what is it the poster child um, within transport because we just um can i swear can i get yeah. shit done yeah. <laughs> we <laughs> get shit done yeah <laughs> so yeah people come to us and they're really pleased with the with the pace and the velocity that we can get things done because we're just a really high high um functioning team now we've been doing it for a while that's
0: amazing and that's so good to hear that you can get a well functioning team in a really large complex bureaucratic organization so cheers to you <laughs>
2: Uh, So, uh, it's actually quite similar in that regard. The way in which our teams work uh, is still very similar as well. I would say the biggest difference is that uh, safety culture is definitely a product-led company. Our COO got up and stood in front of the company today and said, we're a product-led company. So, uh, the whole business understands that. And so, product management has a really fundamental role in our organization. We have about eight product teams, I believe. Um, roughly around 80 to 90 engineers in total. And so the way in which it sounds like it works um, at Transport for New South Wales is very similar to how it works at Safety Culture in regards to the way that the teams are set up. Uh, The biggest difference is probably that it's chaos in terms of uh, we've got eight different teams all trying to work on the same product, running in different directions. Uh, Everyone's got different goals that they need to meet, uh, which all align to our company objectives, but it's like everyone just steps on each other's toes a lot and so uh we're trying to figure out the best way for us to kind of all work together and unlock ourselves from the interdependencies that we have um while also yeah but while also trying to deliver great product basically so it does become really difficult especially when you're in a product-led company and everything is about the product and everyone is working towards something on the product but the product is one thing (laughs) and so uh you end up with a lot of these like okay well if you're making This change on your roadmap, then we need to discuss what that means for our team. And then, and we miss a lot of things as well. Um, But it is really great because it does mean that product management is really at the forefront of leadership uh, at a product led company.
0: And how does your COO define product led? I mean, I hear this term a lot, and I've got my own definition, and you might too, as Mandy. But what does your CEO.
2: I don't want to put words into his mouth, but I would hope that he would (laughs) say (laughs) um, that. Uh, Product-led means that the product is what sells our product. Uh, We don't sell hopes and dreams. We sell what we have in the product today. Um, And if it wasn't for the product, then we would have no business, basically. And so uh, when he talks about product-led, he means that we are selling the product that is built today. And we will take the feedback from our customers and what they need for the future. And we will work on that so that we can obtain those customers in the future. But today, the product is what it is today.
0: Excellent. So that's really nicely summarised. And can I can I make some assumptions that says that you know your salespeople can't sell and promise you know all these fancy features in the roadmap?
2: You could make that assumption. <laughs> 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 Would I be wrong? <laughs> I think, uh, like all sales teams, you know, um, we we still definitely talk about what our roadmap is. We talk about what are the things that we are going to deliver. 100% customers want to know that. They want to know that if it's something that is critical to them, that it is at least on the roadmap and something that we're considering. And so we do definitely have to talk about those things. Um, But we're not selling something that doesn't make sense for the rest of our customers. So we'll never build something that's just for one specific customer. We need to make sure that what we are building actually aligns with our strategy, with our roadmaps, with what our customers majority of our customers want I think that's the difference
0: Um, we uh, while you while you have the mic um, we talked about you um, becoming a group product manager Mm -hmm. so how did you do that what were the steps to become a group product manager what advice would you give others
2: Oh, I feel like it happened way too quickly. But as my boss told me the other day, I'm just being silly. Um, (laughs) um, I think I have a bit of imposter syndrome on that. But anyway, um, so the way that it happened was I started at Safety Culture just as a product manager. But as I mentioned earlier, um, I'm just notorious for just taking things on and sometimes that definitely is to my detriment sometimes I overwork myself and that is a problem and something that I'm working on for myself but the thing that's good about that is that it shows people that I can actually do things that are outside of my remit and so I did that I took on every challenge that I possibly could take on we had people leave from the team and I just took over their work on top of my work and I do not recommend people doing that But it is definitely what helped me show that I could do more than just what my one team, one responsibility was. Um, And so as a result of that, because I had just taken on the work and the role of a senior product manager, then uh, I was lucky enough that my boss recognized that. And so I was promoted to senior product manager. And then since then, I've just taken on more responsibility because I just love to. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, But the thing is, is that I'm starting to set myself up and my team up so that we can bring in more product managers who will actually work, I, I say underneath me, but I, it's really alongside um, so that we can have more teams and we can start to scale out our product team as well because the way that it's working now we all report to the head of product and that's just not scalable Uh, we want to go from having six product managers to having 12 to having you know and just keep doubling that uh, within the next couple of years and so um, as a result we needed to work out what that structure was going to look like and I already knew what it would mean for my teams and the part of the product that I was looking after so I made that very known that that's kind of what I wanted to do and it aligned very well with what my head of product wanted to so we're setting ourselves up for the future by all means Um, but it does mean that I will now have the teams that I currently look after so I look after two teams we're going to get product managers for both of those teams I'm bringing on an associate product manager as well Um, and we're going to just continue to grow those out and so the difference is, is that I used to look after just one team and one small feature set. Now I look after almost a whole vertical of our product. Um, and so I will oversee that in all aspects, uh, whether that's, you know, it's, it's aligning with go-to-market, it's making sure that, you know, our monthly active users is healthy and uh, it's also making sure that we're delivering on what we've said that we'll deliver on and execution and all of those kinds of things. So it encompasses a lot more than just my one small little dot on the (laughs) on the product
0: excellent well congratulations and mandy you talked about moving from a po role to a pm role and what was that like and is that seen as a um i guess a a career advancement at, at transport uh, I think so, yes. It was, um, yes. So,
1: I, as I said, I was the user experience manager, but I was basically the product owner. So, when um, stories were being completed, they were being demoed to me and I would be marking them as done, basically. So, stepping into the product manager role was a step up for me um, because then I got to own the roadmap as well, whereas before I was really just in the delivery space. But what it's meant is I've been become the product manager and the product owner. <laughs> yes, so you've taken nobody else everything. took that over. So, I'm, yeah, owning this, the story. Strategy and the roadmap, as well as helping the team to deliver as a product owner as well. So I'm kind of that whole um, circular motion from from the start right to the through to the end. So um, yeah, so but I, I love it. I really do enjoy. that part And
0: uh, it sounds like both of you took on extra work to demonstrate your capability and your desire for um, a, a new role. Um, is that kind of sustainable taking on more? Not forever, no. (laughs) And so what are your steps to kind of alleviate some of that?
1: Yeah, I think um, as long as you've got a business where they um, listen to you. So if if more like more staff are being added into um, your role, so yeah, for me, um, I think t- taking on the product manager role it has made me extremely busy. But I've recently had a got got a product manager who's now reporting to me. Mm-hmm. So he is taking on um, some of the work that I would normally do. So and that was expressed that you know I'm too busy. I'm too busy in meetings and I can't get everything done. So um, my organisation listened and was able to provide me with some of the support. So that's actually quite new. So we're still working out mm-hmm. ways of working. But it's um yeah, I think that as long as they recognise that um the, the support is needed, especially when the roadmap p- keeps growing outwards as they give you more things to deliver, that the supports um that the company supports you and gives you what you need. Excellent. It's definitely
2: not sustainable. <laughs> um, but uh, much like Mandy mentioned, I think I'm very fortunate for to work, uh, one, for an organization, but also two, for a manager that can really understand when someone takes on too much and uh, we can work out the contingency plan. So as long as it's not forever, you know, I think I, I was just trying to remember what that saying was, which I still can't remember something about like, do the job you want, not the job you're in. Um, which is very true. Um, You know, you need to be able to show that you can actually do the role that you want to get to that next level. Um, And it's hard to show that without doing a lot of the things that you need to do. But obviously you can't let go of the things that you do today because that needs to be done as well. So um, yeah, I think it's definitely not sustainable. You have to be smart. You have to know that you're in the right organization that will actually back you to be able to do the next job and then also backfill your current position, otherwise you'll just
0: burn. Yeah, Um, and in terms of leadership, what do you think we can do to encourage more women into product leadership?
2: It's a good question, especially because uh, right now I work in a product team of all men, It's okay though, because we have a new female product manager starting very soon, Um, but it's just very interesting because I was always of the opinion that product management would actually be more of a female job. And this is, I know, a stereotype. Um, and engineering would kind of be more of like that male position, but actually as it's turning out now, things are just flipping on their head completely. Um, and I think the biggest thing for women is to just realize that you can do it too. I think that's the one thing for me. Like I, I refuse to believe that I can't do something that a man can do. Um, and I think that comes out a lot in everything that I do. Um, the other thing as well is, um, you know, product management is hard, but it's something that if you've got the soft skills, I think you can learn the hard skills. And so if you feel like you've got the right kind of personality to actually deal with that challenge, then just go for it um, because you can learn the rest. You know, I went into product management with no idea about strategy, no idea about p no idea about monthly active users or how to use any of the software that helps me get any of that information. And then I look at where I am now and And it's just because I learned all of those things. So I think like if you're interested, just do it. If you're worried because you're surrounded by a group of men, don't be because you provide something more in those conversations than they do. Um, Just because you you think differently, you've got a different perspective. And so like don't ever let that deter you from getting into product or any role.
0: Do you have an example where you might have thought differently to... Um, your your male peer
2: I can't off the top of my head think of a specific example but I can definitely tell you that I leave every single one of our product team meetings feeling like I fight with everyone in those meetings and it was only today that I realized it's not fighting but it's always like I am always debating everything that's said and it was only today that I realized that it is because I think differently to how everyone else in that room thinks um, not on everything obviously but I, I think that that's the reason why i'm always feeling like i'm the one challenging people all the time or i'm that annoying person in the back that's just like wait but can you just talk about that again because i'm not sure i agree so yeah i can't think of a specific example but it def- it's definitely obvious that i i think differently
0: thank you what about yeah, you mandy I agree.
1: Yeah, I agree 100% with Rebecca and I think that yeah, women with soft skills I was going to bring that one up. So, I think that women are really good at listening, right? And um and that I think that's a really big part of a product manager's job. Like you got to listen to what your customers want, you got to listen to what the business wants, you got to listen to what your stakeholders want. And you need to you don't have to make all the tough decisions on your own. So, I fully encourage collaboration within the team and I'm constantly asking for people's opinions. You don't have to have all the answers. If you're not technical enough, then Ask somebody who's technical. Um, if you're not creative enough, then ask someone who's more creative. Now, I love that the job is a little bit of everything, and I'm probably a little bit of everything. I love my little creative side and I like my little technical side, but I'm not the most technical person in the room. So I just encourage women to just give it a go. I mean, there's great training courses out there. Brainmates. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I've done the Brainmates course for product, and I thought it was excellent because I didn't really. When I started in the role, I wasn't actually didn't actually have the foundation of what a product manager is. I was kind of already doing a lot of that stuff, but that gave me the structure I needed. So get out there and get some training. Just jump into the role. As long as you understand your customer and your product and you back it up with your analytics to prove things, then you can make just dis- make the right decisions. So give it a go. Excellent. Any final last words? Just do it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I might have stolen that from a <laughs> a certain (laughs) shoe company uh no but in all seriousness um I get so many people reach out to me probably weekly saying like oh can we go for a coffee because I'm really interested in getting into product management I want to know what do I need to do and like my answer is just try and get as involved as you possibly can um I think a lot of people are just scared of getting out there and just trying for opportunities but you know if you don't try you're not going to get into product it's such an amazing job it is stressful but it is amazing and like you get validation of the things that you do well from your customers and because you're solving problems and because you're seeing that the business is succeeding because of the things that you're doing so product management i feel like i'm a salesperson for product (laughs) management (laughs) right now but yeah my, my advice and my final words is like if you're interested just get out there and get as involved as you possibly can
0: excellent Thank you.
1: Yeah, I, I guess it's a very rewarding job. So I'd like to say that as well, that I, you know, I look at the the trip planner that we have. We have um, 7 million trip plans are run every month. Um, so to know that that many customers are coming to our website and finding the results for their journey to and from work, then I think it's really, um, it's it really makes me happy to see that I can do something well. And, you know, a lot of the customers are returning customers, so we must be doing something right. So, yeah, i Fully endorse product management. Go for it.
0: (laughs) Excellent. Well, thank you so much for your advice and your stories. Um, I hope that people take something out of this podcast. Thank you for being with us today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you'd like to be part of the conversation or community, hop on over to thisishaytv.com. There you can request to join the Slack community and help shape future episodes, connect with other designers around the world, Register for the HTD newsletter where you, of course, can win books and get updates. Subscribe to content on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and listen to any of our other podcasts. Here's a few. Getting Started in Design, Bringing Design Closer with Jerry Scullion, Power of 10 with Andy Pallain, Decoding Culture with Dr. John Curran, Ethnopod with Jay Hasbrock, and Talking Shop, our community podcast. Thanks again for listening and see you next time.